Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Single Auntie. I'm here with one of my favorite people, Pastor Tony. I love you. I love you. She just said that she was uncomfortable <laughs> doing this, so I don't know why Me she's either. uncomfortable. I don't know. So, but... Um, okay, well, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I want to say that I love you, and I'm so yeah. proud of you. Like, you. you are doing such a great job. I listen to this every week, and mm. I just think you're awesome. Thank you. But, yes, my name is Pastor Tony to some, <laughs> Tony to others, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm 36 years old. I am loving being here, loving life. I got a baby. I've got a husband. I'm just out here living my little life. <laughs> I, there's not much to me, I don't think. But, but yeah, I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited yeah. that you invited me, and I'm excited to to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Know, me too. This is an interesting yeah. topic, so yeah. I'm excited. Um, Pastor Tony is probably one of the biggest reasons why I even am who I am today. Um, honestly, I really love her. So having you on means a lot to me. I love you. So, um, well, this topic is, um, kind of controversial. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe uncomfortable or maybe just kind of scary. I don't know. At least for me. I, I can't speak for you. I don't know. But for me. Um, so uh, I guess to just kind of get started, I've talked a little bit about it. And today we'll probably talk more about Pastor Tony and her story. But um, I have had an abortion Pastor Tony has as well. Yes. And when I moved to Kentucky, I hadn't really told anybody. I think just a couple friends from my hometown knew. And my mom didn't even know. <clears throat> well, not that I had told her. <laughs> she knew, but she, I didn't know that she knew. Um, and I just felt like I wanted to love you. But I was like, no, I'm not going to let her love what? me. We need to talk about this because <laughs> this is a story that I know we're going to talk about the story, but yeah. this is funny because I tried so hard. I, I was like, I love you. And I don't even know why. I don't even know you like this, but I love you. Love me. And you was like, heck no, I don't want to have nothing to do with you. Yeah, I was And that like was that. not, I mean, it, I don't even think it was bad. I think it was just yeah. like we, because you would come in you know, and visit your family, and <laughs> you were just so standoffish. <laughs> I think some of it was probably you were scared, because I am, like, that weird. I was scared, <laughs> because the thing <laughs> isn't about you, like, yo, I will just be walking throughout the hall, fine, and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what? Yes, such a I'm like, thing. what is wrong? What do you mean? I'm fine. She's like, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. You got this, this, that, and the third written all over you. What's wrong? And then next thing I know, I'm crying. And I'm uh, like, why? I hate her. Right. I'm like, why is she reading my business like this? 
Man, and so, but that's funny because you, I, I would see you like run, like be like, oh, I'm not talking to her today. <laughs> I don't have time for her today. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, Lord, but what you don't know is, is that when you would come in, I wouldn't know that you were coming. Some of the, some of the times I didn't know you were coming, but I would like, God would just put you on my heart and then I'd be like, man, she's here today. Like, and I would just know like, okay, this is my person. This is somebody that I feel personally like assigned to and not in a, not in a, like a overly spiritual way, but just, I wanted to be your friend and I wanted to, like, I felt like there was something in me that connected me to you. So hence the story that we're talking about today. Yeah. (laughs) And it really was. And like, that was another thing. Like I always felt like I know I need her, but I just think when I was scared, you know, just kind of like, you know, I just don't trust people. I don't like, you know, and so, but I don't remember, I don't know if it was on a Wednesday night. I know it wasn't on a Sunday. It was like after a choir rehearsal. Yeah. Actually, was that yeah, what it, it was? was Tuesday. Okay. It was on a Tuesday night. So I was there on a Tuesday night and I was just like, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I need to talk to you, but I need to tell you this. And I don't know. And I didn't know. No, you didn't. That you had had an abortion. Yeah. And I had just felt like for like three weeks, I need to tell her. Yeah. And so finally, I was just like, I have the balls to do it, so I'm just going to do it. And I pulled her in the green room. I was crying. And I was just like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I've had an abortion. And she just, from that moment, it was just like we were linked. Plus, I knew what it felt like to have to carry that weight. I don't think that... I think we just talk about that act a lot, but I don't think Mm -hmm. we talk about the weight of what that feels like as, you know, as someone who has had an abortion, how you feel, right? you know, whether it's something that you wanted to do in quotes or not, or pressured to do or whatever, the weight that you carry afterwards, Mm -hmm. before, during, like, I don't think anybody knows how that feels unless you've had an abortion. And because of that, all the emotions that, you know, that I could see on you, I could see them because they were in me, yeah. you know? So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I think ever since then you were my, yeah. my little person. Yeah. So and that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I told her, and then I think I said this in my podcast with my mom, but do you remember that day that I had punched a hole? And I had called you. Yes, Lord. Yes. We met at a Starbucks. Yes. And like, so it was just like ever since then, it was just like so many like little things happened that yeah. just kept getting us closer and closer. But that's kind of how we started. So I guess if you want to like share like your... Okay. Hopefully it won't be... I'm going to try to make it really no, short. No, you're good. Um, so I was 20 years old and, um, I was in a, I don't even want to call it a relationship. I think it was a situationship (laughs) because (laughs) like it was just bad anyway. Um, and I had just, uh, me and pastor AJ broke up. Everybody 
just go to him and slap him whenever you see him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, like, we were engaged, actually. I, I had met AJ 16 years old. We were in, we dated for, like, four years. He went to Bible college. He broke. We broke up. And that devastated me, you know. Um, I was just a small little girl, you know, s- still a little girl. Yeah. And... You know, I had dreams and plans of getting out of my city and not, but, you know, just wanting to be on my own. And he was amazing to me. And that broke me. Yeah. And when it broke me, um, there was a guy at our church who basically just pursued me to the point of no, (laughs) no avail. And I took him up on that pursuit and um, got pregnant. And when I told him, he was like, um, I don't want another, like, because he had another child. And he was just like, I don't want another baby. And I was like, well, we're having a baby, so I don't know what to tell you. And he was like, well, what about an abortion? And so that kind of seeded uh something in me that was like well you know i'd grown up in the church all my life i was a praise and worship leader i was in the youth i was you know a leader my dad was um a minister of music so was my mom um my family was in the ministry and so i was just like man you know I'm, I just turned 20 years old. Like, I can't afford a baby. I just got my first real job. Like, it was just all these things. And so I was like, okay, you know, and if he doesn't want a baby, if he doesn't want to take care of the baby, then I'm going to be taking care of this baby by myself. Yeah. Such a selfish, but also a 20-year-old mind, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, and so I... um yeah, I decided that that's what we were going to do. Um, so I went to Memphis, Tennessee, which was like an hour from my house. And I didn't tell my parents. Like my parent, I was living with my parents at the time. I didn't tell anybody that I was pregnant. No one knew. They just knew I was like sleeping a lot. So they were just like, but that's Tony. And that's true. I do sleep a lot. <laughs> well, I used to anyway. And then um, so... Yeah, I got my little $350 out. And here's the other thing, which was whatever. But um, he was like, well, you know, I'll just pay for half of it, you know. And I was like, what? You know, like, this is what you wanted. And I had gotten so mad that I'm like, no, I'm paying for all of it. Like, I don't even, at this point, we're just going to do this and I'm going to be done with you, you know. So, anyway, I went, we went to Memphis. Um, It was like, it looked like a little house. Well, it looked like a, like a two, three, four story house. It was a huge house, but, um, and there were people on the sidewalk and they were, you know, fighting for, Um, people not to have abortions and um, I remember um, the security guard coming uh, close to us and was like hey if you don't want you know if you don't want people to really be in your business you need to park around and come through the back because there were so many people well by the time I had I was back and forth we actually left the abortion clinic because I was just like, I don't 
I don't think I can do this. Like, I know it's wrong, and I don't, but I don't think I can do it. And then, you know, we talked about it, and I was just like, you know, at the end of our conversation, he was very intent on not wanting it, and I was very intent on not doing, you know, this on my own. Yeah. And so uh, we went back, and when we went back, there was only one picketer out there, and I'll never forget her. Um, she had like this blondish red hair, and I went through the front door, and she told me she was like, "You don't, you don't have to do this. Like, do you know that you know a certain percentage of women have breast cancer after this? And did you know that you're? It's more of a risk for you." to have this abortion then you know and then she stopped saying all of that and then she she just started speaking to me and she was like I don't know what it is about you but I know you don't want to do this I know there's something in you that says you don't want to do it and um I looked at her for a long time like I looked her dead in her face I'll never forget her face because she was just so intent on seeing not just the statistical side but like me as yeah. a person and honestly from our breakup until then that's what i wanted somebody to see me because i felt like at that point i had just felt so bad that nobody would see that part of me and um uh, I just remember me like just stuffing that feeling down and I walked in and when I walked in there were I know at least 30 40 people girls um, in that clinic and when I went to go pay my money I'll never forget what she said she was like um, I don't need to know your name I just want to know if you are okay with us um, putting you in our stats when we have to give the stats to whatever government or whatever and I said yes and from that day and like from that day on I just became a statistic like uh, you know this out of this became you know got an yeah. abortion or whatever so um yeah so I went up to stairs on my own because he couldn't go back there with me and um I went back, gave blood, and then it was time for the for the ultrasound. And um, I did that. They will not let you hear the heartbeat. Heartbeat. And if you you know this, but you know statistically, if you do hear the heartbeat, nine times out of ten, you won't have an abortion. So that was one thing. They just showed me like gestationally what I was. I was six weeks four days and um yeah I just I and then you supposed to go to a counselor which was by the way uh, some I don't know she was probably as young as I was if not younger yeah and had me you know are you sure you want to do this this is not um she didn't even really say that she was just like you know the procedure is pretty standard you're gonna be fine would you like somebody in the room with you and would you like to see um, the picture of the baby and I was just like you know no I, I don't know maybe I mean I mean I was just yeah. so you know flustered you yeah know? I yeah. had no clue about nothing yeah. I was just 
I mean, no one knew where I was and it was just crazy. But so I did that, went in the room um, and there was a little girl that was there holding my hand and she wasn't, I know she was every bit of like maybe 18, maybe. Um, and she held my hand and I remember, um, you know, when that, when I had the abortion, the doctor was very flat lined. He was just like, okay, lay back. Here you go. You know, do this, whatever, relax, relax, hold on, relax. You know, yeah. he was just very straightforward. And, um, yeah, so I um, but I want to kind of go back because I, I forgot about this part. And I think, I don't know, maybe yeah. you want to. But um, so I was in the waiting room before I got um, the abortion. Because after you do all the counseling things, you have to sit in this holding room. And it, it was like basically an attic looking thing. And um, there was one girl, she was crying down. And her boyfriend was actually on the sidewalk, like getting, trying to get her attention because he didn't want her to do it. And so she went over to the window and he's yelling, you know, it was a whole like movie and I'm sitting here watching her, you know, and she, um, but she went ahead and did it anyway. And he was just begging her not to. And then there was one other girl, it was an older lady and she was, we were all sitting there like really quiet and then she was like, okay, so how many, you know, what's your names and how many is this for y'all? And it was like her fourth one, mm. you know, and it was just like, man, I couldn't even say anything. I said nothing the whole time, but this lady was just like, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, me and my boyfriend, we just didn't want to, you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm not having any more kids, you know, just that type thing. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, so I just I think that just shows that goes to show you like some people really don't understand the repercussions of what that puts your body through or what yeah. that puts you through mentally. Emotionally. And, yes. Yeah. I mean, she had no none of that. Flatline. Very yeah. like, you know, hey, what's your name? Is this your first time? Oh, this is my fourth and you know, then another lady spoke up and was like, yeah, this is my third. And, you know, it was just like, wow, like y'all just out here just living your life and just killing these babies. And I'm over yeah. here struggling, but, you know, but anyway, so back to, you know, I'm in the room and do all of that. I come out, they give me a bag of um, um, medication to try to um, make sure that my hormones go down and to make sure that my blood um, uh, is clear, I guess, because when they do everything, um, it, it affects the blood somehow. Um, and so then that was it. I was out and my life was never the same after that. So yeah. what was the mental, like, did you go home and start struggling mentally right away or did it take you some time? Well, my very first emotion was relief. Like, shoot, I, I do not have to deal with, you know, telling people that I got pregnant by this guy, you know. And um, so that was my first emotion. And then maybe about three or four weeks, maybe even a month afterwards, 
I just had emotions that I could not explain. Nothing in my life was going wrong, but I was mad a lot and um, just off to myself a lot. Um, I was a homebody anyway, but it had gotten to the point of like, what is wrong? I was never doing my hair. Um, I would get up late, struggle to work, like just things like that would just, um, so it was relief at first and then just a struggle to like mentally be in the same room with people because I was so, um, I was so emotionally drained at myself. I was disappointed. I was mad at myself. Um, I was mad at him. I was mad at everybody. You yeah. know, you come in the room and I was, I mean, my sisters, because we, I live with my parents still, like I said, you know, my sisters would come in the room and be like, hey, Tony. And I would just be like, I would just be going off on them. No reason. Yeah. You know, they hated. They were like, oh God, she's, you know, she's up, you know, <laughs> and, and, but they hated me Yeah. because I hated myself. Yeah. And um yeah so that was kind of like the emotional side of it like relief at first for a few weeks and then i had gotten a blood infection too so because of that i was sickly Mm -hmm. and i'm never sick so my parents were kind of figuring out like what is happening with tony like she and um so then i got on the kick of like a health kick like (laughs) i don't know taking all kinds of supplements and stuff like that then I went to like not eating period so I went from probably the weight that I am right now like it's like 130 something to like 115 110 mm-hmm. I was a stick and my hair was never done and it was just bad so I guess I went from happy to sad to mad to pissed to even more pissed to if you come at me I'm, I'm getting you yeah to fighting and it was just me um, when was it that you like opened up about it? Well, I kind of had to because of the situation that I was in with this guy. So I had to, um, I kind of had to tell my parents because, uh, people were starting, people were kind of starting to know, um, that I like this guy and this guy likes me. And um, they, uh, the health department of Memphis or of Tennessee sent me some paperwork because even afterwards, you know, you have things that they send home to you like with your blood work and stuff. And so my mom was like trying to, was kind of putting two two and two together. But I have a mom much like you. Yeah. And she had a dream that um, that I came to her and told her that I had an abortion. And so my mom came to me and was like, Tony, the Lord woke me up and told me this. Is this true? And by that time, I was so sick of myself. Like, I was just so sick of myself that I yeah. told him. And the first thing that they did was they wept with me and we sat on the floor for like an hour and I cried and they cried and we just cried together. And then, um, my dad, uh, 
I love my dad. And he prayed over me every night um, for like a month because I was so, I was so bound and just, I just wish you could see like how I was. It was just bad. And he knew it. He knew that it wasn't me, like it wasn't like me to be the way that I was. And so he would come in. Another part of it is I was, it was so bad that I wouldn't sleep in my room. Yeah. I would just sleep in the den because of the way I was so tormented, spiritually tormented at night. And that's another thing. Like when you have a call in your life, mm-hmm. when God is pressing on you too, the enemy would try to fight you to stay you know, where you are. So I was so tormented at night that I couldn't even sleep in my room. So the den was the safest place for me because it was the only place that I knew my dad was praying in that, in that room. And it was the only place that I was not being tormented at night. So I would go in there and sleep. And yeah, so that was kind of like, those type of you know that's how I told my family um they put me in counseling like shortly after that um that was great and I I highly <laughs> recommend going to like a post-abortion counselor a spiritual one yeah um because she really helped me dive deep into why I did what I did what it really meant for me to do what I did and how in the world do I move forward after that so that was good what were some of those key points that you did learn with your therapist um the very first thing was accountability like yeah I did it Mm -hmm. you know despite whatever circumstance that caused me to do whatever I did the point is Tony Bell went, or Tony Harris at the time, went and did what she did. Because, you know, if if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm, you know, we do what we want to do. Yeah. You know, so that was that. The other key point um, that she let me know was what was it? You know, it wasn't just an abortion. It was murder. and And I had to... I had to stomach that, you know, I had to stomach that this is the act of that and this is what it is. You know, I really had to take accountability for what it was and why it was. And then the other key point that I thought was so good was that God um, is faithful to forgive. And I really had to learn what forgiveness was and what it is and what it will continue to be like after this you know and I think so many times in the church and I'm not going to give the church a bad rap because I feel like at first you know when I first started telling this story I would be like you know if the church wasn't you know this and that then you know people could come to the church and this, you know and that is true but um a lot of it was 
I was always taught to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that I had I had forfeited that relationship to have this relationship with this guy. Yeah. And because of that, I lost my identity in him and did not seek after what I knew to be true. And so I that was the other thing was that God was forgiving. The church didn't have anything to do with it. You know, um, I didn't care if the church forgave me or not. The point is, they couldn't put me in a hell or a heaven. And um, my first, my first, you know, my first stop should have been God. But I ran to everything else but mm-hmm. him. And I really found him from that day. I'm just a ball of tears today. <laughs> but um, I just found that day that he was my dad. You know, and... uh I think all my life I com- I considered him as my taskmaster. Like I had to prove to him that I was worthy of his love. But when, um, after having my abortion, I had to stand in. I'm just loved, and you got to take. I mean, I'm broken. I'm I'm hurt. I'm <laughs> I'm everything, and. I'm hoping that you can take me as I am because I don't know how I could ever repay. You know, I don't know how I could ever get myself back unless you put me back. Yeah. And he did that. Yeah. Um, if there was like someone that, um, let's say like would be contemplating an abortion today. Yeah. What would be some advice or just words insight that you would share well i think i would say tell somebody that you're even pregnant i think that sometimes getting it out there and like you listening to it you know telling like your parent or i don't know somebody that you really trust yeah that you are pregnant. and telling someone that's um what's the word uh, like spiritually yes, in tune. Yes, for like, sure. Like not someone not that's friend. like, oh yeah, girl. Like I've had an abortion. Let's. I got you. Yeah, I not, know where to not go. Not somebody that. Yeah. And, and usually, when you go, you know who to tell. Yeah. Usually, you know who to tell, and you know that if you do tell that person, that they're going to change yeah. your mind. Yeah. And so I would. That was my first step. Is like you know, tell somebody that can be spiritually trusted with the weight and responsibility of what you're about to tell them and then the other part of it is that knowing like uh just knowing the the process like um the well the bible says that you know the you know we perish because we don't know for the lack of knowledge, we perish. And I think that a, a lot of me died that day for the lack of knowledge. If I would have known yeah, that, yeah. you know, 20, 30% of, of women have breast cancer afterwards, ovarian cancer afterwards, you know, things that we think that we're doing to just, you know, us or to the baby, we're actually doing this to our own bodies. Yeah. Um, so knowing that um, and also knowing that what you are carrying is a baby it is not a clump of cells it is not you know uh it is not some organism that's not alive you know the point of conception it is proven it is it is actual fact 
That is a living, breathing baby. You know, it has every chromosome that it's ever going to have. It has every personality already that it's ever going to have. Yeah. And just knowing that that is, that's what it is. Like you are carrying a baby. And the other thing is, is knowing that, you know, I don't know, but this is probably a side note, but I tell people, I, God has really put this on me so heavy for this generation because I think we're so, it's such a fearless, um, fearless of anything, fearless of God, just that type of generation. And even us as uh, millennials, <laughs> yeah. I think we feel this way too. But the world is always trying to get us to be different. Mm -hmm. You know, they're always trying to get us to be, you know, gay, you know, trans, whatever. That's yeah. how you're different, you yeah. know. And even with abortion, this is my body. This is my thing. And just, you know, this is how I'm different because it's my body and I can do whatever I want to do. But the enemy is only trying. You can only be different. And if you think about this, too. You can only be different in your sexuality. Yeah. That's the only way. You can't be an artist. You can't go draw something. You can't, you know yeah. what I mean? You have to be different in your sexuality. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said, the reason why the enemy wants us to be so different in our sexuality, because he knows that if he can tie us to other people, then we're tying ourselves to different personalities because when we sleep with someone when we're with someone we're not just with him we're with whoever they're with yeah. and whoever that person with was with and so then we have an identity crisis in the body of Christ and around the world because we're just sleeping with whoever and so if you imagine you know us doing that then we have children right and then we have aborted children we are literally you know given birth or you know given birth to to lost generations because at the end of the day even though we're aborting it's we're, it's still birth yeah. you know what I'm saying and I and, and what bothers me to the point of no avail is that we are literally forfeiting a generation that could really rise up and do something and we're killing them before we even they even get started yeah. you know we are literally um giving breath and life to what the enemy wants for our lives and that's to hook us up with people that don't have that aren't good for us and that aren't good for us spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And then we want to go and find a counselor to try to set them free from that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we are so bound, at, you know, with our identities. We don't know who we are because Johnny and any everybody else that we've slept with, right. that's who we identify with. If that makes any yeah. sense, I don't know if it does. Yeah. But the Lord really dealt with me about that. He was like, the reason why the enemy, you know, does that to us so bad so much is because he's wanting to stifle the true identity that i have for you as a woman as a mother as a wife you know and i struggled as a wife struggled as a mom because i still had things i had to work through you know because of my abortion yeah you know and i don't i don't think people realize that it's not just over when it's over yeah it's everything else that comes with it and i think you know that absolutely you know and it just, it's one of those things, but, but now I'm like, after I lost, you know, two, three, three years of my life, I'm like, everybody that wants to come with me, we getting free and I don't play no games, you know, cause yeah. I'm, I'm so upset with the enemy that yeah. I'm like, 
you come in because we doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I can't take it. I can't take the enemy lying to us as women and telling us that we can that this is our body. When the Bible tells me that my body is the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When he tells me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made after him. Not after Johnny, not after, you know, whoever I whoever I've been with, but we identify and tie ourselves you know, with people that will take our identities down. And then we spend years trying to find ourselves because we have let ourselves go, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. that's just in me right now. I hate it. I can't stand it. And, and abortion is a spirit. Yes. It's, not just, it's not just an act, but it is a spirit. Infertility is a spirit, yeah. you know? That's another thing that I had to deal with because of my abortion, you know, was infertility issues. And I, I was sitting in my, I don't know if, well, you tell me when the, no. you give me, okay. Come on. Um, but I was sitting in my bed, probably, um, I just turned 22 and me and AJ, we were getting back together and, uh, I just came out and told him, I was like, listen, you don't want me, trust me, you know, I got all the issues in the world and uh i just was just telling him you know don't 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 be with me just save yourself the trouble i'm crazy i know it and i'm working on it and uh he uh every day for six or seven months he would give me scripture after scripture and pray over me um and that's another reason why you need to tell people that can spiritually handle what you're going through because they will try they will do everything in them to pull you up to where you can actually see what's going you know and I thank God for that like he didn't have to do that we were not even talking like that um but he could see you know what type of bondage I was in and how that really made me crazy and like I told you, I was tormented every single day. So I remember going into my room and I stood there and I said, God, if you free me, if you deliver me from the shame and the hurt that I have experienced for the last two years, because this is not, like I said, it didn't just go away after right. I was like, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I just had so many things, you know. I sat in my room and I remember I had the lights off and I began to just pray and I was like, God, like I'm such a broken person. If you free me, like I will do whatever you want me to do to figure this out, you know, to, 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 to really deal with who I am. And uh, I began to pray and I'll never forget. I, I felt the presence of the Lord in my room so strong and I could literally see like the enemy leaving my room um because I began to sh I, I I began to like well if anybody knows me y'all know I have the stories of yes I will <laughs> praise and tear up something and so um that's what I did in my room but I heard the Lord say if you praise me if you give this thing to me he was like, not only am I going to break the chains in your life, but I am going to use you to break the chains in other people's lives with just your praise. And so 
I did. It was very uncomfortable, you know, because I'm like 22 at that time. So very young and like, what in the world? But I began to just, I screamed and I danced and I, I just had an encounter with God that I'll never forget. And uh, that was the day that he freed my mind of the shame that I had and the torment. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into that, but torment is real. Yes, it is. The enemy is real. And he wanted to take me out, you know. And I had thought about so many times, I'm just going to go in this room. And I'm just going to let myself, I'm just going to sleep it away, you know. And um, I'm just going to not wake up. It's better for me not to wake up than to live the way that I was living. It was better for me to not wake up than to try to go throughout my day and try to, you know, pick myself up and try to pick up the pieces of what I had done. And I'm looking at, you know, all these things. I just don't want to do that anymore. You know, but I before I did anything, I did. I, I prayed, and God, God set me free in my own in my own little room. Um, in about an hour, I came out, and I just looked different. Yeah. You know, I could even see. You know, I begin to eat. I know that that's weird, but I just begin to like actually eat and actually, you know, enjoy my life and grab my life back. And I, you know, I promised God. Then I was like, God, I was like, I'll never take for granted what you have done for me. I'll never take for granted what you've done in my life. And if I see somebody, if I even see it, it's coming off. Either you're going to be with, you know, either you're going to be, you know, bound away from me or free with me. Because I, I just had such a um, tenacity to see people free after that because of how bound I was and so I don't know maybe that's why maybe that's why I do all the things that I do now but uh, I just refused I just refuse and refused to see people be as bound as me and I can and when I see it it's happening you know what I mean (laughs) you know if I see it we're doing like (laughs) I can't take it because listen being bound is a it's a terrible thing and it's not just abortion and it's not just these things you know when you open yourself up to the demonic it will it will take you down you know and it will make you feel like there is no afterwards but there is yeah and god is good and he is going to he is going to um rectify situations and you don't even have to do anything i think that that's the thing like we feel like we have to do something in order to gain his you know his power and strength all we have to do is just stand in it and know the bible says stand still and know that he is god and i have seen him do it in my life every single time i've stood still and just let him and let and let it be known that god is good and he's working it out and i will you know i don't know no, I love it. Long. No, and um, I'm like emotional because when you said that, like God told you that, you know, if you give Him that praise, He's gonna like. I'm a product of that praise that you put in your room, you know, however many years ago, and like, it just you just mean so much to me, and um. 
like what you said about Pastor AJ, like he, you know, messaged you. And I feel like there's also something about someone that does that that's uh, not yeah. in your family, you know, that's not like your mom or your dad. And you've also been that to me too. Yeah. And um, so like, I encourage everyone to get someone like that. Now you can't have Tony because she's <laughs> my person, but you find someone else. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'll share her, but, um, I mean, and just now like being where you're at now and like seeing Zayo, you know, it's, you know, and like, I don't have a baby of my own, but like how much I love Zayo, how much I love Oakley, you know, and Colton and Clayton's kids and just, and that's the thing, like what you said it's not over when it's over. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the tor the torment starts the moment you walk out of the clinic. Yeah. Like that's when the real battle begins. Yeah. The battle doesn't begin in the procedure room. Mm-hmm. It begins the moment you walk out. That's exactly and right. I do feel like cuz I actually know several people from my hometown. I'll say that have had one abortion or maybe a couple Mm -hmm. and they may look like on the outside that they're, Mm -hmm. you know, living a great life and they're, I mean, they're not, you know, like they're bound with something. I mean, Mm -hmm. one of them's an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. One of them's a drug addict. One of them is just sleeping with everybody. And that's not me like downing them. No, you know, I love them, but like you're t- you're uh, they're also being tormented from that whether they recognize it Absolutely. for what it is or not and um cuz like for me I never thought about my abortion yeah until after I was sober <laughs> honestly yeah. like I started drugs to not think about that. So when I was finally off drugs and I had to think about it and I had to to face it, it, that's when a lot of my torment began because Mm -hmm. I was finally clear in my right mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I think the enemy just was like, okay, well, she's not doing that anymore. So let me, you know, torment her with these memories and this. And so like, maybe if you're listening to this and you're someone that's doesn't know the Lord. Yeah. And you just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can say, like, what's something... Because I know I actually have several friends that don't know the Lord. Yeah. And that have had an abortion. And again, it's such a controversial topic. Because I don't want to, like, offend anyone or make anyone ever feel like it's judgment or anything. I mean, you and I are the last people to judge someone that's done Lord that, it, you know, yeah. but what's something that like you would say to someone that doesn't know God and that in their heart feels like they made the best decision by having that abortion. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to just speak to like the people that are like saved broken and, and saved, yeah. but like, you know, I want people to walk away from hearing this feeling like, okay, maybe there is something in me that I need God to intervene in. Or, yeah. So what, I don't know, like how to voice, like say that question, but. I mean, if you had an abortion and, you know, 
you're you feel like you're perfectly fine and it didn't affect you i would just say take true evaluation of your life and just see you know from that from that point on has anything changed you know has anything changed mentally emotionally spiritually um i'm not gonna say first of all like you said not no judgment right. <laughs> uh, we can't you right. know we did it um this is our story and this is how it has affected us but for somebody that has done it and don't and they don't feel affected in any way i would just say just take inventory of your life and just see you know and if there is something that is put out of place because that that's the thing like the enemy doesn't just come you know the enemy just doesn't come in like, oh, well, now I'm crazy or now I'm emotionally unstable. But it comes in so many different things. If you, yeah. you know, well, the enemy comes dressed up exactly how you want him oh, to. Oh, my goodness. Like, he yes. don't come looking ugly. Yes. He comes looking fine. Yes. And he comes in dark, dark, tall, and handsome, right. short, bald, and I don't know, <laughs> right. whatever your thing is. Right. You know, he comes like that. And you're exactly yeah. right. And I think that us looking at our lives and seeing the dysfunction, because I think a lot of times we deal with it inside of dysfunction. So then we don't mm -hmm. really deal with like the abortion part of it. We're just like, well, you know, I'm with this guy. He makes me feel like this, but I'm fine. You know, or I'm with, you know, I'm doing this. I'm partying every night and I'm doing this and I'm fine. Yeah. You know, that I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. And I think that, you know, just looking at your life and really evaluating, you know, what's healthy, what's not, what's real, what's not, you know, um, I think that that just will show you if that has had any effect on you. And nine times out of 10, it has, mm -hmm. you know, whether we want to admit it or not, and whether we want to, you know, and this is not to condemn anybody that feels totally fine, you know, but this is more so of saying evaluate your life because I guarantee you there's something in your life that you're not happy with. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost positive that you could link it to something that happened to you or something that you did. Um, and so that would be my my thing is just listen, just evaluate. And if it doesn't and if it's out of line and out of pocket deal with it yeah you know and don't be afraid to deal with the demons that you've had before you know because that kind of sparks the road to you know i was my demon was rejection mm -hmm. i hated being rejected i hated being not loved being not you know pursued not wanted and so you know aj breaking up with me at that time that fed you know, my insecurity of that. Yeah. And then being with this guy and saying he didn't want my baby, well, that fed to that, you know. And so all of these things that I were I was dealing with before culminated in, you know, what I had done. And so I think that just dealing with the issues that you already have, yeah, that's enough to get you to, you know, to really see things eyes wide open. Yeah. And that honestly, that's just been one of my prayers, too, is like, I just don't want to see, you know, how like, I don't know, when you have a, like a gift or something, you're just like, well, Lord, let me let me say something to speak to, you know. But my my prayer here lately has just been like, Lord, Lord, let me see me. Yeah. You know, and let me let me do some course correction in my life because I can see, you know, in the abortion process and even afterwards where. I'm still having to deal with some of those things and having to really like, 
bring my reel myself back in to say, okay, like, okay, I'm not over that part, you know, and now I got to go back to, you know, cause it just never ends. I don't, I mean, I think parts of it does, but I think things, they just surface in a different way. And now that I am a mother, you know, I see things so much differently now. And I'm like, Lord, if my baby ever did that, I would be somewhere in a corner <laughs> crying. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now I have that perception as a mother. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So it just changes throughout the years, I think. Like, you just always have a different part of your story that God wants to heal. And that's, that's good. Yeah. That means you're growing. And that means he loves you enough yeah. to, like, you know pinpoint that but back to somebody that's not saved or or you know doesn't want I don't know just doesn't feel the weight like we have you know you are still loved God loves you Mm -hmm. and nobody's there there is no judgment on this podcast I know that for a fact um and I would just encourage you don't don't you know okay you did it nobody's condemning you but I would hope that you would have after today a heart to pursue God and just yeah. let him love on you regardless of whether you felt justified in doing it and you feel fine. Or if you're like us and we're in corners somewhere crying because we did, do, you know, yeah. we did do it. But man, stand in his love because yeah. that's the only thing that free. It's the only thing that's so powerful. Um, and it breaks, it breaks death. Yeah. You know? Um, his love does so yeah that's it all right well i hope y'all uh have a kleenex the whole time y'all listen to this (laughs) we should have grabbed kleenex for ourselves because y'all haven't really heard me cry a whole lot but i've just been over here like trying to not mess up my makeup the whole time she's been talking but um thank you thank you for real thank you for just being you and loving me and being on here and thank you well before we go i'm gonna say this because i want everybody to to know what i'm gonna say to you but i told you at the beginning of the year that god was going to um do great things in your life and i just want this to be record that what god is about to do it's far beyond this podcast it's far beyond what you think He's going to do something amazing. And this is just the beginning. I keep, I always, I've said that from the beginning of the year is just the beginning in your life. And you are about to see the true goodness of the Lord in you for being so open and vulnerable. Because I think that as ministers, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, just because it's a podcast, I don't mean nothing, but you're a minister in your own right. And, um, as ministers, sometimes we try to hide our vulnerability and hide our flaws, but you doing this is going to set so many people free. And I just wanted to be the first one because I've been listening to the podcast and this has not been said, but I want to be the first one to say congratulations to your new life because this is about to change it. And I'm very excited for you. And I love you. you. I love you. All right. All right, y'all. Find y'all a Pastor Tony, but again, you can't have mine. So we will see you on Thursday when this is out. All All right. right. Bye.